If you know the fish tank, then you also have to know our friends at Planet Protein. That's right, Big Seth, and Planet Protein is back and better than ever. They're gearing up for the momentous release of their Chocolate Magic Protein Mm. Shake, now completely sugar-free and free of sugar alcohols. But still the same great taste juice, and Planet Protein is locally manufactured right here in South Florida. And to top it off, the new Chocolate Magic two-pound bags feature a wooden scoop and eco-conscious packaging to protect our beautiful oceans. Hey, no doubt, Seth. In fact, they're so local that my man Anthony the COO of Planet Protein is here to tell you why their product is not just good, but good for you. That's right. Thanks for having me. Had to come down and tell it like it is. We produce Chocolate Magic right here in South Florida with our community in mind on the inside and outside of the bag. Eco-conscious materials, only eight real ingredients, four of which are superfoods, put you in the prime position to conquer your day. So if you're ready to live a clean and ethical nutritional lifestyle, then visit planetprotein.com now. And remember to use the code FISHTANK to receive 20% off all of your planet protein purchases and don't forget to follow us on instagram at planet underscore protein bam if you're looking to buy or sell a vehicle auto nation is where you want to go they are the largest auto retailer from coast to coast and their friendly and knowledgeable staff here in south florida will help you save big on huge selections of new cars trucks suvs toyota honda chevrolet mercedes-benz and much more yeah juice but if you're like me and you're looking to buy pre-owned you know i got 186,000 miles on on the toyota right now but if you're looking to buy pre-owned you can shop auto nation's huge selection of one price pre-owned vehicles they are all clearly marked with one price, their lowest price guaranteed. Yeah, or if you just want to get rid of that old car, turn it yeah, <laughs> into cash today, get top dollar offer and a check the same day, they'll buy your car with no purchase necessary. And if your check engine light is on, I got that going on as well. Right now, get the services you need at low AutoNation prices. Oil changes, tires, batteries, and more. All for less. Call or visit AutoNation.com to schedule your appointment today. And if you are in the market for a new car, DM us at the fish tank 81 on twitter hopefully you're already following us at the fish tank 81 on twitter and we will get your information to an auto nation senior manager so they can reach out to you directly and walk you through the buying process you're now diving into the fish tank Sitting down with Seth Living, Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans, number one, one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, I've been that fish tank. Welcome back to season two of the Fish Tank. Seth Levitt here with my main man, OJ McDuffie. Juice, how we doing today, man? What's up, Big Seth? Everything is good, Juice. I feel like we have made the big time today. We have gone legit. Yes, we have. We've gone from podcast... <laughs> to national entity That's here right, with our man. guests. That's right. We're not local anymore. Nah, we are not local. We are international, worldwide, I guess, yeah, right? Exactly. Is that what we oh, yeah. worldwide leader? <laughs> oh, yeah. with, with our guest straight from ESPN, Jeff Darlington dives in the tank. What's up, Jeff? Sometimes I have to do uh, ESPN hits for like ESPN Australia. Yeah. Stuff like that. And I'm like, do I do the accent? Like, how do I handle <laughs> the this The accent situation? would be sweet. How is your Australian no, not, not accent? Not good at all. Not, not terrible. It's <laughs> then not, don't I sound do like it. The, the Geico lizard. I don't even know if he's Australian. <laughs> <laughs> that lizard is hard though man he's that dude is it. yeah he's, he's making it happen <laughs> no, so man. well I, you know so so juice i got a call from ethan he's like hey i was kicking it with jeff darlington and i'm like Je- jeff's local 
Right. Oh, yeah. And you said you never left. Never left. Why would I leave? Where am I going to go? Bristol? <laughs> Seriously, you know. That was not part of the deal. No, dude. man. After college, I got down. I came down here for uh, my first job was covering. Uh, well, I was at the Orlando Sentinel, right? At, like, kind of, I was still in school, actually. I was, dude, I was getting like 40 grand a year working at the Orlando Sentinel in college. Can right. you imagine that's that? That's a lot of money right there. That's, that's, that's real money right there. Do you that's know what paid. I did? I drew, uh, not to completely segue right out of the gates, but I drew, I drew, <laughs> I got that job. I'm, I, you might as well, I might as well be like one of those irresponsible NFL players. Oh, oh it's 40 yeah, grand. Yeah, $40,000 like, that's, that's a lot of money now. It's a lot of money now. Money. But, but, but I drove to the Infinity dealership in Orlando and bought a G35. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what man. What am I doing? It was like a $45,000 car. I was just saying, you know how much pizza? And you probably bought out the bar every, every time, night. Right? Yeah. Every single time. That's, that's <laughs> anyway, the cool part about so, it. Yeah. So, but my first job, like six months out of college, uh, I got hired by the Palm Beach Post to cover the Dolphins, and I haven't left since. Yeah, I mean, I went to the Miami Herald, then the NFL Network, and no one was like, hey, we need you to move here. So I'm like, I'm not moving. And you weren't offering it? No. No. I remember one time ESPN, when I was getting hired there, they asked, would you move if we asked you? And I'm like, I'm not saying no. Right. (laughs) But I am saying that'd be the hardest decision I've ever made in my life. Can you repeat the question? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's too funny. So, so Drews, I got to say, and and we'll get into it, and and certainly um, Jeff is a wealth of information here and covered the Dolphins for a long, long time and continues to have great stuff, even though he's covering everybody and not just the Dolphins. But above and beyond that, so... And you know how I talk about the fact that when I first left the team, there's guys that I didn't realize we talked about with Ronnie Brown or Chan and guys that I never truly worked with because I was already working for JT and and with the foundation. I didn't realize until I texted the other day, you started covering the team in 2005. We just missed each other. Yeah. So we just, but I felt like I was a PR guy when Jeff was covering the team. And in some ways I was. When did you finish? 2004 offseason. Right. Yeah. I I left right before. But you were still. (laughs) But you were still around and, and, and and with JT. I was around a lot and i actually we've talked about on the show i had more juice in that building after i left early on especially with coach Saban, just because jt was helping yeah Yeah. absolutely so but but jeff was legendary not necessarily for for the way he covered the team he did a nice job i kind (laughs) of thought to be honest with you i'd see him in the press box and what have you Always the best dressed guy in the press box, right. which is not so hard that's, to that's, do. That's like being the least guilty criminal. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, still guilty, bro. <laughs> Basically, he brushed his hair, you know. But um, So always the best dressed guy. But I was like, hey, you know, I, I think Jeff is just a young guy who doesn't give a shit. He's got a cool job. And, and really, he just can't wait for the game to end so he can get out to Los Olas. Right. And, and maybe yeah. there was some truth to that. I sure. don't know. Yeah. But, you know, there were legendary stories coming out of the Darlington compound <laughs> in those days. I don't even know if you ever remember Joe Rose was sponsoring the Bangy Dan. Oh, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. I wonder bangy, if that, I wonder if that <laughs> are we so old now that like people haven't heard about that party? Because that was a that was like, you know, the animal house of parties. <laughs> like you talk to kids now, they haven't watched Animal House, but like yeah. that party. Well, I only heard about it through Joe, and then you know, we'd want to ask and you always so, had that sly little green grin. So so what happened? I lived with <laughs> So I broke up with my girlfriend that I moved down here with, and I ended that up. That usually happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So true. You, you so come I, to South Florida and things. Oh my gosh! Man. How long did that take? I, but it was like six months. Yeah. But, okay. But, well, okay. That's pretty but, good. But, That's but, good um, run. But but it is funny because you say you know I was always like no nah, when when people come down here Miami's not that distracting it's just like any other, this is not like any other city right <laughs> but no beyond that so I, I we break up and I'm like I didn't really when I moved down here like I had some couple friends with her but it wasn't like I didn't have any boys down here or like that uh, most of my friends were all in the other 
other coast of Florida. So I ended up moving in this house that I found on Craigslist. It was like, oh, it was like, like sounds creepy as hell, but it was like, we were, were just four young profet four. They had four guys. They were looking for a fifth. We have four young professionals. We like to keep it clean, but we like to get dirty. <laughs> we like to party. Like, it was like right up my eyes. So I'm like, oh, I'll go check this out. So I go over there and right away, we're just, we're just boys and we just hit it. Like every night, one of the one of my buddies was a, a rep for Budweiser, oh. and he had like the corporate card. Now so it makes he sense. had to spend like he had to spend two grand a week. Like he had oh, to. It was Lord. like, and this is this is before requirement. This is before like the the recession, and everything, like, everything like dropped out and got responsible. Like this was like the, the golden age of. Yeah. At this point, it was like two thousand six, two thousand seven, and we had to spend like two thousand dollars. Uh, a week. And I remember one time he's like, man, I, I still got like, I got like 800 in the bank. What are we going to do? And me and him went to Hard Rock with a bottle of Grey Goose in front of each of us just staring at each other like, man, I just want to go home. <laughs> but the bangy dangy. So Joe was like, man, this house you live in, like it sounds unbelievable on the radio. So it didn't take Joe long to find, find out, out about what was going on. Every time I'm on the radio, he's like, man, this house, it sounds like it's unbelievable. Like, well, what do you got going on over there? He just really wanted to around topless. I'm like, it's not that crazy, Joe. Like, not that Every right. night. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so, so he's like, uh, let's have a party. Uh, we'll, we'll call it the Bangy Dangy and we'll get Bud Light Lime to sponsor it. The Bud Light Lime Bangy Dangy. I'm like, let's do it. So we, we set this date and we talk about every time I'm on the air that we're going to have it. And I don't think he thought I was serious. And maybe he didn't think I like it was mutual because the day of the party, we had already uh, hired two bands to play. I brought in porto potties. Like I was like, we're going to go. For, no, it was like the real deal. We got like an ice luge. We got all this stuff. But we're still, you know, like how much booze we're going to have that kind of thing. Joe calls me, bro. You at home? I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm at home. Not 15 seconds later, the entire semi trailer, the Budweiser semi trailer <laughs> pulls up in front of my house and it was off Riverland Road. And uh, we had like this big yard. It was a shit house. I mean, it was like a, it was a. And that was before you guys all moved in. Well, I think it, yeah, I think it, we, we pretty much put the dent in the away. house. <laughs> but uh, but it rolls up and uh, and they just start wheeling dollies of booze out, out of the thing. And then Joe comes over with his kids, old school style, like like uh, Vince Vaughn in old school. He comes in. He's got one kid. He's holding them, and uh, and they're each carrying like, father these, of the year. They're carrying like magnums of Grey Goose into the house. And and Joe looks at the beer and he goes, "Bro, that's not enough." It was a shit ton of beer. Oh. So I get another call like a half hour later. He sent another delivery? He goes, hey, bro, do you got a pickup truck? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I got a pickup truck. He goes, uh, go to Total Wine. I go to Total Wine, and there's just these guys rolling out kegs, putting them in the back. And they talked about it incessantly. The party was unbelievable. It and was was it, And it was open? Like it was just, he broadcasted on the air? And just uh, no, 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 no. Okay. But I had like, my boys in the house were like, this is in the days of MySpace. They're just sending <laughs> right, out right, like, right. messages <laughs> to everybody on MySpace, like, come to this party. I mean, so we had a, we had like a mile of cars going down. Joe at one point came up to me and goes, bro. I gotta go, and I'm like, "Why?" He goes, "Because my son is here." <laughs> he brought. Oh, Garen shows up at the party. I love it. And that was that was when he had to leave. <laughs> it was epic. That is it was too an funny. epic. I mean, I, it was an epic, epic party. I remember Zach Kranz talked about it because I think he stayed after yeah, Joe bounced because he's. He, I think yeah. he said he spent too Zach's long too looking for a game. parking yeah. space. It was. Well, I, I mean, yeah. I, dude, I, I like. I got a grin thinking about that night. It was unbelievable. It was. It was far better than we can even talk about. Damn, <laughs> better than <laughs> even I mean, on better a podcast. Yeah, better than college parties. Yeah, a little more money, a little more booze. That's right. Yeah, better yeah. quality. Yeah, of a little everything. more experience. Exactly a little right. more understanding <laughs> of the game. <laughs> <if you> will, <laughs> so, in the midst of all that, you know that that Joe, uh, Jeff was certainly uh, making news that way, but he was also covering the like. So it was 2005 to 2011. Right. 
Yeah. So, My first day on the job was when Ricky Williams came back. Wow. It was that press conference when he came in real skinny. Yeah. That was my first day on the job. And bald. Yeah. Yeah, real and that skinny was a, and bald. That, and that was a, a 100% foreshadowing of all the shit show craziness that was to come. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, Actually, he know. wasn't bald at that point. At that point, it started to grow back, I right? Think. He was like, I think it was like nappy. Nap, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he looked like he just came out of the, the woods. Forest, because yeah, he did. Yeah, because yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what he did. Yeah, so you covered, I mean, we're talking Saban. Yeah. Certainly, the, the the cup of coffee that Cam Cameron had Cam when Cameron. he was here. Yeah, that was fun. And JT, he loved JT. He, he did. We're going to definitely have to talk about that wonderful relationship they yeah. had. Unbelievable times. Yeah. Sperano, that was a, yeah. a Parcells. I remember when Parcells, I remember when I realized Parcells was leaving. I, go, I went around the, the practice. When he took the job is probably when you figured out. Right. Just start counting down. But but like for real, like I was I was watching practice, but I, I like left a pad or something in my car and you walk around in the player's parking lots over there. Practice is going on. Everybody's out there. I look over in the player's parking lot. I swear to God, shit you not, Cadillac trunk is open. Parcells is standing in the parking lot with a driver swinging it. Come on. <laughs> Practicing his, his swing in, in the parking lot. I'm like, literally the next day, he announced that Jeff Ireland was taking over. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was it. He's already on vacation that day, huh? He was Man. fucking on vacation. Don't get me started him, 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 him and Dan Henning were going over to Grand Oaks every day to every play nine. Day. Jeff, he didn't travel to road games. Yeah. Now, Jimmy Johnson was offered that deal by Wayne Huizinga to get, to make him stay, if you remember that. Well, that was you same know, kind of deal. Days. Well, Jimmy was going to leave, and, and Wayne said, look, we, we're so close, you know, and they believed they were at that point. And actually, Danny, I think, even said, look, you know, forget whatever's going on between the two of us. Like, if you fucking leave now, we're all starting yeah. over. And Wayne said, what do we need to do? You can just stay, just coach home games. Yeah. And Jimmy's like, Wayne, I can't. Coach like, home games. Just coach home games. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, That's basically the deal that Wayne gave. Parcells, that motherfucker, yeah. all he did was <laughs> home games. And how brilliant was that shit that Sexton did where he put the clause in the contract that if ownership changed, he would get all the money that he was that was owed to him and he could leave with no consequences. But yet he's going to question other people's commitment. No, Parcells, you know what's a bummer is that I grew up in New Jersey, so I was a real big. I like that is a bummer, man. 86, <laughs> 86 and 90, I mean, I love those years. Like, I don't really root for teams, but like that, those Giants teams were like my favorite teams right. just from my childhood. And uh, I wanted to love Parcells. And it was probably just because I caught him at the wrong time, but I couldn't stand his era down here. Right. He was just—it was bad. It was bad. Really bad. JT and I always say, "Don't meet your heroes." Right. Don't yeah. meet. Yeah, so that's, that's the <laughs> advice I, figure, for those right? of you listening. Don't meet your heroes. Man, I got stories about that too. Yeah. But we can... so, so Jeff, <laughs> honestly, you, you obviously—you know—you cut your teeth as a beat writer down yeah. here. You know, and uh, you know, had some very interesting seasons. You know, yeah, to say man. The least, man. Let's talk about that year with Nick Saban. Oh, yeah. That'd be uh, very interesting. We all know now how interesting Nick Saban really is. You know what, though? I loved it. I uh, That was always the biggest misconception, I think, that, that everybody always come up to me, oh, man, he hates the media. I'm like, no, he hates everybody. <laughs> like, the second you start taking it personal from him, then that's the second that you lose it. Like kind of what Shannon right. said. Yeah. I loved walking into press conferences with him because he was going to fill your notebook. I remember in 2001 when I was at Florida with Steve Spurrier. Everything that he said ended up in the newspaper the next day every mm. single word like cam Cameron would come in and talk for two hours he didn't say shit <laughs> the right. words would nick disappear saban would come face. in and like you'd ask him a question about the backup guard he'd end up being like go he'd take that question and say whatever he had planned right. and by the end of it he's screaming about the team and it had nothing to do with the question you asked it was awesome and it didn't even matter right? i loved it i remember one time he came in it was like something had happened there was a question that needed to be asked and he comes in he did some like gesture like who's gonna ask it and he did some weird gesture the claw. Do you know what the claw is? It was the claw. Yeah. Like, I'm the not in the mood. 
and I've, I've never uh, Greg Bedard, who uh, now with MMQ. Well, no, I, what is Greg doing now? He, uh, he Greg was at the Palm Beach Post at the time, and he uh, he just slowly. We're all sitting there, and just slowly raised his hand, <laughs> like I'll ask it, you know, like. But give me the claw, coach. But I think we all understood that he was going to fill your notebook. He was going to motherfuck you in that press conference, and he's going to walk out. And he's going to do the same thing to Harvey Green down the hall. Right, right, yeah, twice, yeah, twice. <laughs> Harvey took it the worst of anybody. He did, and got on this show and just talked about what a great guy he was. Correct. Isn't that funny? Yeah, it yeah. is funny. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, oh my God. Harvey's oh my God. position, though, in some ways, I think Harvey's position, and maybe it was perspective that was growing at because after Nick came came Cam, and then some other you know instances that he had with coaches right. that he said at least you knew where you Nick knew was coming. Where, yeah, that's yeah. exactly, and he didn't like that about Cam, and, right? He, 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 had, so he, said he knew where he was coming from, and he said, and also that Nick, he if you went and told Nick what you felt as a PR guy and gave him your advice, he might motherfuck you yeah. for it. But then he would actually think about it and listen, and you might actually see him take your that's advice. Right. Right. Yeah. Where there were other coaches that just knew more than you did, yep. and then that's when he felt that you know he, he had a tough time. So Gase, that was kind of Harvey's position. Gase was a little bit like that. Cam was not. Sperano was a little bit like that. And Philbin was more like Cam. And Philbin, Philbin was Cam, hundred yeah. percent. Cam Junior, which is although he won some games, so I can't you know in fairness to him, Philbin won. He did. Uh, well, Cam won one. Cam won one. So, so, <laughs> one game. Yeah. One of my favorite games of all time. Right. Cleo We're, Lemon to Greg Camarillo. What did, what did Cephalo call him? Nick, Nick Camarillo. I uh, love Rich Camarillo. Rich Camarillo. Yeah. Was that him or was that Mad, Mad Dog? I forget. But no, no, that was Cephalo. Was don't, Cephalo. You, don't you dare speak of Mad Dog in that. No. Who, by the way, I think gave the bangy dangy its name. He did. Didn't he? What that goes on at a bangy dangy? dangy. That was great. It's a great soundbite still to this day. So, but Saban never made you cry because you know you were around when he no. did make a guy cry. So Manny Wright, that was uh, that was I got my first uh, APSC. No, second because when Ron Zook went and tried to fight that fraternity back in Florida, <laughs> I got an award for that too. It's amazing the shit that you get awards for in this business. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not about the it's not about the reporter. It's about the shit that you cover. That's right. what gets you the awards. Right, you're only as good as their craziness. One hundred percent, man. If I was at Florida during this national championship run, I wouldn't have had any yeah. any. Uh, any good jobs coming and right. I covered a shit show right and the same down here in Miami so all you you aspiring journalists don't cover the good stuff right <laughs> you'll yeah, find the crazy people uh, <laughs> go get yourself a job with the Jets uh, uh, one of your you know a, a, a fan favorite here at the five reasons sports network but a guy you work with Armando Salguero used to tell me he goes what benefits me is the team's either really really good or really really oh, bad he said it every day yeah yep. eight um, and eight does nothing for my business that's right but uh what we're we talking about oh uh, Manny, Manny Wright, Manny Wright. Yep. so that was like one of my first awards that I'd gotten was Manny Wright Saban's like I I don't know where Manny is is you know he was sending his press conference and everybody's kind of sitting there just taking i'm like well this is weird something's <laughs> off here so i'm like i go into like stealth reporter mode back when i was like ambitious <laughs> now i just go grab a microphone and say some shit on tv and that's it in 30 uh, seconds but so i go over to i go over to manny's neighborhood i found out where he lived oh man you really went in dude and uh i see a for rent sign on his window I'm like, oh, that's weird, too. So I call the number on the for rent sign. And the <laughs> landlord's like, yeah, the Dolphins have been paying his rent for the past four months. Like, he doesn't have any money. And, and it was really sad. I mean, it was wow. obviously like, and, and I'm leaving. And I'm like, ah, I don't know what to do with this. Like, what do I, you know? And I'm leaving the neighborhood. And I see Manny's truck coming back, coming this way. And I'm like, shit, I got to go talk to him. So I spin around, but I couldn't find where his truck went in the neighborhood. And there were these sushi menus on all the doors. You know, they go around and put the menus on the doors. So I went to every door that didn't have a sushi menu because that meant the person had just gotten home. And I knocked on every door that did not <laughs> have a sushi menu. How about that reporting 101? Until a guy said, 
oh, Manny, yeah, he lives right there. I'm, like, I'm his cousin. I walk over and I knock on the door and Manny comes to the door and he just just tells me everything. Wow. I mean, everything. Wow. It was crazy. Now, what kind of, does it take some gumption? Like, you know, is there any thought process like, fuck, I don't know if I can knock on this door. Yeah. Or, you know, I just wonder what's going through Absolutely. your head as you're about to go ask this guy. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, especially when, you know, like I was, I was raised by my parents to be very like, uh, I think that that's what's important about it. When you do knock on the door, you have to be extremely courteous, extremely respectful. You understand that you're trying to do a job, but at the same time, you're covering a human being. It's mm-hmm. always about their story. And that was always what it was. I mean, even with Manny, it's like, hey, if you tell me to leave right now, I'm out. I am, right. I'm, I am, I'm out. You know, it's the equivalent of me calling your phone. If you don't pick up, same kind of thing. And, uh, and I remember I did it at Ronnie Brown's house. I, uh, when he had his contract hold out, I drove to Atlanta and knocked on his door. Next thing you know, I'm sitting next Ronnie's to him. Ronnie's easy, though, yeah. man. Yeah. Couch, hey, right. come on in. But man. that was like one of the first ones was knocking on his door. Another time, I'm just going to say, so I, this do, this do, I was going to say, I'll just say a dolphin source had told me. I texted him when Brett Favre was considering. I don't even remember this. There was a, oh, yeah. a, a second when the Dolphins were interested in Brett Favre or whatever. Yeah. So someone had told me that I wouldn't close the door on it. And it was an important enough person that I was like, whoa. But he's like, but you can't report that. Mm. And I'm like, well, I can't report it if it came from you. Right. What if it came from Brett Favre? So I flew to New Orleans and I drove to Hattiesburg and I slept in my car outside of Brett Favre's house. Holy shit. And I followed every Stalker, car. Jeff Darlington right. in the house. Exactly. I swear, man. It's fucking, it's creepy. And I followed every car that until until the car was far in the car and he was driving to his high school. And I get out of the car and I'm like, Brett. Uh, my name's Jeff Darlington. I'm from the Miami Herald. He goes, Miami, don't you have anything better to do if you're from Miami? <laughs> and I go, uh, not if you're uh, willing to come back to the NFL. I don't. And he's like, what? And I was like, um, you know, I've been told by a very authoritative person in Miami that he's interested in, uh, in having you back. And he's like, no, no. And he walks to his car and he's going to get in his car. And he turns to me and he had, it was an unbelievable man. He had the devil and the angel on the shoulders and turns to me and goes, so they said they're interested. <laughs> <laughs> so That's oh, awesome. That yeah. is really great. But, but sometimes you got to do that. I, it's crazy. And I don't probably, I think it's just all about finding a, a way to show respect for yeah. the people and give them privacy when it's warranted and requested. And at other times, you know. Yeah, leads to some good shit. <laughs> that that is that is classic yeah. though. That there was that thing. There's that competitor and that gambler oh, there. Man. I was like, well, wait a minute. But <laughs> he also could barely walk, man. He had yeah. this like he, he you could tell his back was shot. And I remember texting the person right after, and I was like, uh, hey man, I, I ended up going to Hattiesburg and checking on Favre. You're not going to. You don't want. Him. Yeah, you don't want. He it. goes, I could have told you that. I heard that yesterday, but good job. <laughs> going to Hattiesburg. <laughs> I was like, thanks. So now, do you tell the Herald or do you just book the flight and turn in the expense report um, later? So it was funny. I got to the point where I was, you know, I kind of had to do it myself and bite the bullet if it didn't work out. But it was what I got. So I got a bunch of them, these stories that eventually they they understood. I'm, I'm trying to remember what story it was. So Jason Cole, when he left the Herald. I was at the Palm Beach Post, and the job was open. Who's probably slept out in front of a few people's houses? One hundred percent. Hey, Jason Cole, though he doesn't leave when they ask you to. No. That's the difference between me and Jason. <laughs> oh man, that's a whole other set of stories. <laughs> but but when I got the job at the Miami Herald, it was because of one of those stories, and and I guess I I beaten the, the reporters that day, and it was like I think it was the Manny Wright story, 
and the sports editor walked in. You guys, there was like, you, you guys say this guy's too young. And he walked in and he put them, then how the hell did you just beat us all today? That's old school, man. I, I love that. Yeah. That's yeah, very that's cool. Damn right. That's very, very cool. And, you know, if Great nothing moment. else, I guess you're investing. Juice says that now, great. man. He would knock me out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Right. That's really good for this podcast. He would not <laughs> have been happy with you then. Yeah, you're on the dark side now with yeah. me, though. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Got to know that stuff. But that, that is too funny. And it is an investment in your future, right? I imagine yeah, you, know, that, you could I mean, sit there and be nice to everybody and, for sure. and still be working at the Miami Herald. No yeah. disrespect right. to those who are. No, it's, it's funny, too, the difference in how social media has changed. There's certain things you can and can't do now that you could do then before there was this veil like there was this curtain that that was closed on everything and it was our job to like at least try to find out what was going on behind it whereas now you just wait for those guys to post yeah and if they (laughs) They don't it's clear that they don't want to and right it's just a different it's kind of a different ballgame now yeah i'm so glad i'm not a pr guy in this age right It's, so many fires you have to put out. It's oh, like, every day. Yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. Jeff Ireland said th- the, the, the rule of general managers is you expect three fires a day. Wow. You expect three fires a day. That's well, there's probably a few other rules that he should have been paying more <laughs> attention that's to. Right. But that's a whole that's a whole other set of circumstances. So, you know, we had a few guests here in the tank that were part of Saban's first draft class. And you mentioned Ronnie, who was really wonderful in the wonderful. tank. And, and I, I mean Ronnie's just one of the nicest human beings on the planet. No question. But he came in and brought it, you know, which which uh, I think he kinda he waited, he listened to, to what some of the other guys did. And, and then he brought it. He, that's him. He's got some edge back there. Yeah, he just did, don't really there see. Is it. A, yeah. it was shocking. Yeah, it, it yeah. really yeah. was, especially when he said that he and Channing were kind of the same personality. And we're <laughs> right. like, hold Bullshit. on, right now, <laughs> you can think that. Ronnie. Now you're just lying on yeah, us right exactly. now. But but speaking of the other guy, Channing, Channing Crowder, Crowder, one of my favorite humans on the planet. Yeah. So what was that like covering a young? Channing Crowder. Dude, I covered every game. I've covered him at Florida. Right. Every single game. Yeah. And he My, talked about his arrests with a plural. So <laughs> Arrests. And I was the guy. You talk about what we talk about. Like Channing. I was the one that was out front with all those. But him and his mom would always tell me that they respected that I would just go. I just told the facts and got out. There was right. no opinion involved. But were you also at the same clubs that Channing was breaking up at 2 in the morning? <laughs> look, look at me. You think, you, you, think, you think this guy's at those clubs? Pastor we, Troy, you weren't at the so Pastor I Troy up, concert? I ended up bringing Channing to like one of the fraternity house parties n- near my, because we became pretty tight. And I remember I brought him to a, a party, like a fraternity house party, which is very different than the Palace Nightclub where he was hanging out. And I remember I was like, hey, Channing, I think you got to go. <laughs> like, it was like, he's just, it's just a different, he's different probably not the right different, fit. Different level of behavior. Was his shirt on? On or off at that point? In time? Uh, it was on. It yeah, was on. but but no. So I met Channing. He was not, he was working at a car wash at UF, and he wasn't. He was barely even a, a prospect. Like he had hurt his knee, so he had to like sit out or whatever. And there was a guy Brian Crum who was the hot shot recru- recruit, and he was coming in. And someone had told me that, that they go out. I was looking for unique stories, and they go out and they wrestle hogs out in the woods in Gainesville. <laughs> and uh, and he said Channing Crowder and Brian Crum, but uh, Crum was the hot shit. So I went up to Brian and I was like, "Hey, I heard you do this," and he just blew me off. And I went up to Channing and I'm like, "Hey, Channing, I heard you do this this thing where you go out in the woods." And he's like, "Yeah, man, you want to go?" <laughs> and I didn't even know this is the first time I met him. He's like, "Yeah, I'll pick yes. you up." And he and he uh, I'll pick you. He up. picks me he picks me up in his girlfriend's car that the door the the door I swear to God you couldn't open it. It was like completely bashed in. I'm like, "What happened here?" He's like, you "I have to Dukes of Hazard it and go climb." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I had to go to the back seat like into the and uh, we drive out into the woods and I brought a cameraman from the Orlando Sentinel and I brought a Gators T-shirt and he jumped on this hog and he wrapped the T-shirt around the hog. 
hog and he was chasing these hogs out in the woods. <laughs> and I wrote, so I write this whole story about like, you know, watch out nature. The freak has arrived. <laughs> and it was like across the front page of the, or the Orlando Sentinel on the day that they were playing the Arkansas Razorbacks. Oh, wow. Uh, and he had in the span of when I wrote, went with him to write the story. And that point he had blown up. He was, he became a monster, uh, sec freshman of the year, but in the span, uh, it was just this great fortune. He was just wow. the car wash kid. I mean, that was great. Yeah. It was the car wash kid, but we were boys from that day. And we, so across the front page, it says Suey, you know, like that's all, that's all Razorback. <laughs> and it's a picture of Channing jumping after this hog. And Ron Zook was so pissed off that he made Channing because he broke the rules and went out and did something with a reporter away from the facility. Right. And he and all these fans were upset that he might have gotten hurt and all this stuff. And it was before anybody even knew who he was. <laughs> right. Right? Sure. And he made him sit next to Zook on the way home and would never let him talk to the reporters. Wait, again. he had to sit next to him? <laughs> yeah. He got gag <laughs> ordered and wasn't and all the reporters were pissed at me because I got him gag ordered. And Channing, after the practice, well, was like problem. Jeff, you know, you and me, bro. And he was like yelling this at <laughs> practice and people were like pulling him away, like it was like this big deal. But I can't even imagine him, trying to muzzle Channing at that boys stage. after that. Yeah. That's fun. So who did you get the call from? Like, was it Steve McLean at the time? Or who would have been oh, the PR? Yeah. You know, the, yeah, the he SID. Was he was pissed. <laughs> the story was so good, though. It was like one of my favorite stories of this day. Ever Do we have that photo? Yeah. we got to find that yeah, photo of Channing wrestling the hog. That is Yeah, but that led to a lot of stories with Channing. So then when he shows up we here, got We got the job. How excited were you that he shows I, up I didn't get. I wasn't the Dolphins writer yet. Oh, you were yet. I don't... It was literally... Within weeks of when he got drafted and I got the job. I don't remember who got what first, but it was like, and we came down. Reunited. Yeah. And we um, celebrated together. Man, I remember one time we went to a golf course. This is later on. And uh, there's two golf stories. Only one that I can share. And one's still pretty. He's getting these mini bottles of booze the whole round. (laughs) You know, these little bottles and i he no he had him with him we weren't even buying him, he <laughs> him yeah, some. Yeah. and by the end of it i'm you know he's a big dude and i'm trying to like hang with him but we are ripped <laughs> and we see we play 18 and he's like let's play another nine <laughs> and we pick up this guy who i ended up later getting to know completely separate and that we picked up this fourth guy because one guy had to leave and uh this fourth guy and me and channing were so cocky and had been drinking we bet them 20 dollars a hole for those nine holes. Oh, boy. Well, we had to pay them $180. Oh, so what that cost you? <laughs> but, but on the 13th hole at Plantation Preserve, there should be a plaque in my honor because I was standing over a putt, and we were ripped. And I'm standing over the putt, and I back off of it to read it, right? And all of a sudden, I'm underwater. <laughs> uh, I, I, didn't know, I didn't know what happened. I'm just underwater. I don't even know that there's – it's an island green, and I'm underwater. And I come up and I'm like, is it, am I dead? Like, what, what happened? And I come up and I, I swim myself to the top of the preserve, right? And there's all these weeds and stuff. And I come out, my head comes up. And Channing is standing over the top of the green. And he's over the island, like over the water. He's standing on the green, over the water, looking down at me. He goes, hey, Jeff, why are you swimming? We're trying to golf. <laughs> why are you swimming? So you have no idea how you ended up there. I fell off. Out. You He's just back fell. Up. I backed, backed off. Up, too far. I took a step too far. I didn't know that it was an island green. I played the rest of the round, though, completely soaking. So, just <laughs> giving out $20 bills. Giving apparently. out $20 bills. Yep. Oh, that yeah, is Channing was cheap as shit, too, because he didn't even help didn't me Didn't help you pay it out? No. <laughs> so you had to pay the full 180 I think we split it or something. Somehow. I mean, we were just pulling. We didn't care. We were just pulling money out of our pockets. At that point, funny. shit. Oh, it didn't matter. <laughs> you know, one thing I remember about Jeff is that he always, he always had this unbelievable faith in our quarterback. 
Rex. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not just the you know, Dolphins, man. You go back to Rex Grossman. That was right. my... Uh, <laughs> we back from Florida to Rex. I have a real, Sexy Rex. I have a real problem with... I love quarterbacks. It makes me sound like such a douche, and I am. But it, <laughs> I have a real problem. I love quarterbacks who have swagger. I fall in love immediately. The second I see a little yeah. bit... But that's not even that's happen, not even John minute. Beck didn't like, have swagger. Yeah. Right. I mean, Chad, Chad Henney, Chad Henney has secret swagger. <laughs> secret swagger? Yeah, yeah. Under, deep deep within that that boring soul. Okay. He's got some swagger to him. Like, I, I see he's still seeing him. Ryan Tannehill has swagger. Uh yeah, it's good. I mean, here's what Gase would tell me about Ryan. <laughs> you don't hire the gorgeous girl if you don't have that alpha in you. That's what Gase always said. And he goes, I'm gonna get that alpha out of him. And I he did. And Gase came up to me the day before. And I love Lauren, by the way. And but she, she is like, she is a prize catch for such a quiet guy like him. And if you don't have that alpha in you, you don't wind up with someone like Lauren. And and Adam was convinced, and he came up to me the day before he blew out his knee and goes, "I got 17 playing like a monster." And we never found out exactly. Right. I still to this day I agree. believe we don't we don't know. But I didn't see the dog in him though. The dog was a little missing, and yeah, I, and, and I thought he dog, could get the dog yeah. out of him. Right. I don't know, man. I don't know why I fall. I'm, I guess I'm a, a hopeless romantic. But what I'm hearing here, and I want to get back to that in a minute, but what I'm hearing here is that Lauren Tannehill is the reason why we – how many years with Ryan? <laughs> no, that's, <laughs> not, that's just why Adam Gase thought okay. he could get the dog out of Ryan. He, gotcha. be, he believes that – and Ryan still – I'm, I'm going to go down a dangerous road here. Yeah. I'm telling you what's going to happen in Tennessee right now. And it, I'm not saying that Ryan is the answer. Don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm saying that – in Tennessee, what's going to happen is Marcus Mariota is going to get hurt. Sure. At some point, Ryan's going to come in, and he's going to have looked good at practice. Yep. And he's going to come in, and for two games, he's going to ball Look out. like a hero. He's going to yeah. have 110 mm-hmm. passer rating. Yeah. And they're going to say at the end of the season, you know what? Marcus Mariota, why are we going to pay him when we have our guy in Ryan's hand? He works hard. He studies. He does everything right. we ask. He can make it's, all it's, the throws. It's, it's, it's yeah. going to happen. And yeah, like, you're probably I understand right. people get frustrated by that that continued cycle with Ryan, but he, man, he passes the look test and, and he's got the arm and he's got the athleticism and Here he goes, yeah, I, this is why, man, <laughs> but this is also why I'm not a, a talent evaluator, right. I'm a sports reporter. <laughs> right. There's a reason for that. So, but so, okay. So that's the Ryan situation and we get it. Talk to us about John Beck. Yeah, where, John where Beck. That's just a, that's just a, that's just a blown, that was just a blown analysis. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I don't know why it happens. Now, you ended up doing a podcast with Brady <laughs> Quinn, which He's is so, interesting. Look at the look on his face. He's trying to figure yeah, it out. Brady Quinn, man. Right Brady Quinn, Brady Quinn passed the look Quinn. test. Sure. And, and, and I will stand I and say. I think his looks alone. I don't think he's like. You're right. looking at good looking right. guys. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's, that's the problem is. I got here. Yeah, he should have been modeling some stuff or whatever. But I, so I stand by this. I believe even with the career that he had, and Ted Ginn, you know, still playing and and can still run like the wind. I think Brady Quinn was the right pick at that at moment. Number nine. I think that that's who they should have picked, and they would have fucked up. But I would have think they. I, I think they right, would have made the right decision. Ginn, yeah, but Ted Ginn had a decent career too. But he but was never going to have that career here. He he's not a ninth that overall can, pick. That's a, no, just a fast guy who blows the top off. And he needs someone that has a cannon, like uh, you know, whether it's whether it's Drew Brees, whether it's Cannon. That's, right. that's my thought. But no, I don't want right. to get into analyzing talent because that's certainly not my strength. I'm terrible at it. Clearly. But, yeah. <laughs> but so when they pass on Brady Quinn and go to John Beck. You're thinking what? Next Dan Marino. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You know what I have a problem with? I have a real problem with I I like people who like me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big problem, Jeff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wait. <laughs> so, if so you're an asshole, you're out. 
I'm done with you. you so know? if he comes in and he smiles and he says all the great things, and yes, sir, Mr. I, I will ride or die with you for life. I am a pathetic chill. <laughs> That's too funny. So just to make it feel <laughs> even better about this situation, Marty Booker was on this show. Love Marty and, Booker. And, and, and Book was phenomenal. And, he, and, and a couple things we'll talk about today. But he said it got to the point where he was in the huddle. And John was, whether it was fear yeah, or John confusion, was. and he's looking at his wristbands or whatever, and everybody's staring, and Marty would just say, and Marty would call the play because yeah. John just couldn't get it together. Yep. And then they'd go up to, uh, that's, the, that's where your pick for the next Dan yeah. Marino was at. No, that was not. I, I, that was just a youthful mistake. Like, I, I still, I finally now, you know, part of it is too, this is like a therapy session now. <laughs> that's great. That's I, what we're here for. I feel like I also never... When Dante Culpepper signed with the Dolphins and he went out to practice, it was the first time where I saw someone throw a ball, and obviously that was a complete disaster, but it was the first time where I saw someone on the Dolphins practice field throw a pass that was like, whoa, that's different. Like, that's a real yeah. arm. Yeah. 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 And I hadn't, I don't, and I'd never, when you cover the Dolphins for too long, as everybody can attest, you don't know what a quarterback's supposed to look like, <laughs> unless you go watch Marino clips. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that that was the problem, too. I just didn't understand the game as, you know, now the more I'm kind of around it, the more you kind of can, can see it a little bit. You know, you can kind of understand it. The, and, their uh, arms look like Rex's arms in college, right? Re- they, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, Rex, Rex might have been the best arm that's I'd right. seen. That's right. He be probably was. Still, still to this, well, Ryan's got a pretty strong Yeah, Ryan's too. strong. Josh Rosen does too, by the way. Yeah. But... Spin it. You can spin anyway. it. Right? Can <laughs> Did you spin see it. my eyes light up? <laughs> yeah, Rosen, it, it depends. I don't know. Got if, a little bit excited. I don't know if Rosen likes me, so we'll, we'll have to wait <laughs> that one out. <laughs> Jerry's still out on that We'll one. set up a meeting. We'll see if we can arrange something for you guys. I think if maybe someone gives him a hint of that all it's going to take, then he can That's get right, some good man. national press. That's fine. So right. we're going to change your cool. image real quick here. That's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'll take that. That is too funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, This is Ricky J. Mark. In a world where sports radio continues to shift around the whims of corporate interests, we understand that the constant, unexpected changes can be exhausting from time to time. So that's why we think you should sit back, relax, and take five. Uh, Reasons, that is. So go ahead, grab your smartphone, and subscribe to the 5 Reasons Sports Network, available on virtually every podcast platform. We're South Florida's fastest-growing on-demand sports media network, so you decide when you want to tune in. You decide when you want to listen. Because we know your life can be hectic, go ahead, fall in love with our lineup, including Five on the Floor, Three Yards Per Carry, The Fish Tank, Light-Skinned Opinions, and Cinco Razones, whenever you want. All you need is an internet connection. So go ahead, tune in. Try us out. We're by Miami, for Miami, and spreading rapidly throughout South Florida. Need custom t-shirts made? What about logo giveaways for trade shows or parties? Wizard Creations will put your logo on anything and everything. So you got to find them at wizardcreations.com. Yeah, the lowest prices around, less services available. Wizard puts your logo on everything. And they really do, Juice. Luke Freeman, who is the wizard at Wizard, is an amazing guy. And if you have something that needs to be branded, Luke is the guy who will get it done. He's done our fish tank shirts that everybody's been asking for. We've worked with him at the Jason Taylor Foundation. 
foundation for years. There's nobody better than Luke Freeman and Wizard Creations. Yeah, so for all your custom merch needs, call our friends at Wizard Creations at 888-217-4084. That's 888-217-4084. Also check them out at wizardcreations.com. And when you do that, Luke said use the code FISHTANK. He's going to give you free setup and 10% off your first order. Free setup, 10% off. You're going to save some money and get great branded product. Wizardcreations.com. Well, we've <laughs> talked about, you know, you've covered a lot of different players. And and unfortunately, in Miami, you were uh, in front of a lot of different coaches, a lot, a lot of, of different GMs. Yeah. But the one consistent, which is crazy to think about this during your tenure, was actually ownership. That's and, right. And, and you started, now you started when Channing I got started here. With, with, but you with really kind of started, uh, right, So, but you were here for the beginning yeah. phases of I got, Stephen Ross. I, got, I remember I got tipped yeah. off, um, I got tipped off to a name. I heard that Steve Ross was looking to buy the Dolphins. I didn't know who he was. I had to look him up and Google. Yeah, so Google you probably was. couldn't get yeah. into his neighborhood and wait for him to get home, huh? Oh, oh just wait. Oh, oh. Wait, so <laughs> <laughs> He put that blazer on that he was wearing in the press box. Oh, I've got, yeah, no, he had me escorted out of a place once. That's actually a true story up at Time Warner Center. Oh, well, we need to hear about it. Dolphins called and apo- Harvey Green called and apologized the next day. He's like, yeah, that wasn't good. Uh, it was when Sperano, it was when the Sperano Harbaugh thing had happened yeah. and Ross hadn't addressed it yet. And they were at that movie, uh, up in Time Warner's watching some movie he took him to. And I waited outside the place and Ross was like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually like Steve Ross a lot. Loves Coors Light. You would never think that. No kid. Was he at the bangy dangy? Uh, no, but he, but <laughs> he actually. That was a Budweiser party. He's, he's, oh, yeah, yeah, Budweiser. yeah, that's right. Sorry. But, but, <laughs> you know me and. But Ross has got a little dog in him too there. He's got some shit to him that you, you might not. You might not realize, but, but so that when I got that tip, I ended up figuring out, I ended up just calling what I realized was that when you would call before five, it would go to this certain like answering service. When you call after five, it was peculiar because it would just ring. And for some reason in my head, I'm like, that's something's different about when you call before five and after five. So I I love the mind of a reporter. Yeah. Yeah. So I kept calling and, uh, and one time, uh, hello, like, uh, is this Steve Ross? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It forwarded to his call. Forwarded to his penthouse. Wow. Time Warner Center. <laughs> but if you ask him that, I'll tell you that's exactly what happened. I still don't know for sure, but I mean, that's what he just picked up the phone. It was like 8 p.m. That's like, uh, <laughs> my name is Jeff Darlington. Yeah. Well, my name is Jeff Darlington from Miami Herald. Um, look, I, I uh, and this dude, Steve Ross's name was not in the minds or no one knew him in any regard with the NFL. He was a real estate guy in New York and no one in Miami even had heard his name. And uh, I was like, I um, just got wind that you might be purchasing the Miami Dolphins <laughs> from Wayne, Heis- Wayne Huizinga. Wayne who? I-, I don't know any Wayne Huizinga. I don't Come know what on. you're talking about. And I uh, love it. ends the call like two days later. That's it, crazy. It, it, he buys it. I, and I, I think I, I once, I didn't break it. I don't even, I was like sports business journal. But then once it went down, I had all like the backstory and everything. And next time I saw him, he was like, how the hell did you know that? <laughs> Yeah. That's too funny. So it wasn't how the hell did you get into my did you get a call into my penthouse, but it was how did you know about Yeah, when all that shit it? was going on a few years ago with uh everything was going on with Tana, they were looking for Gase. Before they hired Gase, I'd written this whole story, like kind of bringing the curtain back. And uh I was standing there with the microphone in my hand ready to do a live shot. This is at ES- NFL Network, I guess, at this point. And I'm standing there ready to do it, and the camera's right there, and Steve Ross is standing right there. This is the next day at the game. And I mean, I was like, Joe Rose is like, bro, love to come say hello to you right now, but dude, I can't. I can't be seen talking to you. <laughs> like, no one would talk no to one. me that day, right? <laughs> that is too funny. And, uh, and Steve Ross was standing off to the side, and he, uh, and I was like, uh, what? And he's like, uh, you, you about to go on? 
I'm like, no, I have a, I have a minute. He comes over. <laughs> he's like, shakes my hand. He goes, how the hell do you know so much about my team? Wow. <laughs> he starts to walk away, and I'm like, ah. We could talk about it at some point, yeah. Mr. Billionaire. Right, like, right. Wow, that's I, a great compliment. I, yeah, yeah, but I, but I really actually really like Steve Ross. I think that I understand he gets a bad rap for you know some being maybe clumsy at times. Orange carpet? Ownership. Were you a fan yeah. of the orange terrible, carpet? Terrible, okay. terrible. But you know, <laughs> then Tom Garfinkel has done everything tasteful since, and that's really Fair. that's really Ross's higher there. But like, really, just I just think Steve Ross cares deeply about the Miami Dolphins, is willing to give up every bit of resources to see them be successful. He oftentimes listens to probably too many people, and I think that that's something that he's trying to overcome and get his thoughts streamlined. But in general, I actually think that Miami Dolphins fans, if they really understood the care and the devotion that he has for the team, that he is truly, in every sense, trying to get it right. And there are not a lot of owners that you can actually say that about. He must have been really nice to Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. But actually, not really. That's funny I say that. See, maybe I do like people that don't like me, too. Yeah. Well, it sounds like he's got respect for you. Yeah, we have mutual respect. Yeah. Okay. And basically validated everything you wrote when he said, how do you know? Oh, so no, it was 100% right. I knew that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Anything you had a question I got about, some, you knew I got good. some calls the night before that made me realize that was very, it was all very true. You know, Jeff, this team had a lot of lows while you were you yeah, know, man. part of the organization. When those highs going to happen, keep yeah, me home yeah, a little exactly bit more. Right, exactly right. I think the lowest of all lows is the one in 15 season, yeah. Jim Cameron. Yeah. How hard was it covering a team during just, that, man? You know, man. like going in the locker room and, and going up to those guys every day. Yeah. Like, I remember finally just, you, you just have to go up to him and be like, man, I don't want to ask you this and you don't want to answer it. So let's just do this and get, get it over with and move on, you know? Right. Because it's right. exhausting for yeah, everybody. Exactly. Losing sucks. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to cover a losing team. And guys yeah. who are not used to, you know, exactly. there were some guys in that locker room. Well, I mean, it's hard, to, it's, it's hard to go 1-15. It really yeah. is, but they made it look pretty easy at times. Was it Joey Porter <laughs> on that team? Yeah. Was that the year? I think that might have been the year when Joey came. Was Jason on that team? He was. So Joey came in the locker room one time, and it, it was getting kind of like heated. I think this was that year, and everybody was around Joey Porter's locker, and Edgar Thompson was Edgar. there and asked uh, Joey Porter, do you have any residual effects from your knee? <laughs> Your knee injury, do you have any residual effects? And Joey looks up at him. He wouldn't stand up. He'd just say seated for his interview, which is always a pain in the ass, too. And uh, and it's just like stand up. At least he had clothes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, some guys would do that, We'll talk too. about that in a minute. <laughs> so he goes, uh, residual? Man, you don't got to use those big words on me. <laughs> and uh, so the next day in the, in the Herald, I write in the notes section, oh, um, you know, Joey Porter in life might be many things. A, a comedian, sure. Um, a boxer, he could do that. Uh, a football player, obviously great at that. But a spelling bee champion, oh, no. he'll, nev- he'll, never, he'll never be that. And in quotes, residual? I, I, uh, you don't got to use those big words on me or like explain oh, the situation, right? So the next no. day, because I'm like, no, man, you can't like... Rip. So you were sticking up for the reporter. Yeah, kind of, because yeah. he was always like always jabbing. I liked right. Joey. Again, he liked me. So, but I did that, and and I see, and I, the next day in the locker room, he walks in. He's like, "Where's Jeff Darlington?" He's got his shirt off. He's like, you know, greased up, swollen, just beautiful specimen of a and man. half fucking crazy, crazy. <laughs> he's and he's and, and all these man. reporters, by the way, that I had done this for to back, they're standing in the middle, and I'm off to the side, and they all just go right over there. Yeah, right. Oh no, and we jo- saw Jason Colgan knocked on his ass. Yeah, that's right. And Joey walks. Walks over. He's like, okay, okay. Now I know who I can mess with and who I can't. Okay, and he walks away. And I go on this. And Jason comes in to play here. I go up to to Joey a little bit later on. I'm like, Joey, man, like I do want to apologize. I wasn't trying to embarrass you. I just thought, you know, we could both talk shit to each other. If you can talk shit to us, we can do the same to you. And he goes, man, it's all right. And he's like, all of a sudden, calm, peaceful. Joey's like. 
I was just a little upset because I was in the parking lot and Jason Taylor came up to me and said, you don't know what residual means. <laughs> <laughs> you know, JT was going to clown him quick. No, <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That <laughs> From that the guys what, who tell you they don't read the papers. Right, that's right. They right. will find that that's shit. That's right. That was what 2007 was like <laughs> oh, right there. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Oh, uh, yeah, Joey was, um, I mean, nobody at that point, you know, it didn't take long for Cam to lose the locker room. Oh, yeah. Joey and, was the, the leader. The Catalyst. The catalyst. Well, he was yeah. one of Well, him and Trailer. Keith Trailer. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Remember that? You heard that story about that, pl- that flight? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> you heard a different story Stop. with Keith Trailer. You know the story on the flight? With with Cam? Yeah. I don't know the story. Where it was like a, a fight on the plane coming home, and Keith had, was... I don't got really, No, you're talking about the one in the team meeting where he got dressed down. Yes. Yeah. And then at the end of the thing, Cam goes, okay, anybody else have anything else? <laughs> <laughs> That's the one that I was talking about. Yeah. But tell us about the plane. The plane was, I mean, I, I don't want to, I, I really don't, not because I'm trying to keep it private. I don't remember all the specific And you weren't details. there, which I understand. You wouldn't yeah, have been on the flight. But I just don't remember the details, so I don't want to, like, out anybody. But it got That's ugly. Fair. It got ugly. And no, I think what happened was it got so ugly that I think Cam was going to, like, kick Trailer off the team or something. Off the plane? <laughs> and that's what led, though, like, to the – everybody's like, no, 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 no. You're not kicking him off the team. Like, that yeah. kind of thing. And right. it became like a – I think that is what almost led to – if I have the timeline, that's a long time ago. But that's what, like, started to – that was the beginning. It was a lot of for him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he lot. went right after – JT. Know, with he the, went after JT. Remember the smoothies? I do – that was your thing, it right? It was our thing. I loved you guys yeah. brought that smoothie bus to the facility. Yeah, yeah. So the story here, Juice, is, and this is, can't, well, you know, there were a lot of things, right? His draft pick and turn the thumbs this way and not yeah. that way and the whole thing. But, we, you know, we've got a nonprofit organization here and, and we're doing good work. And Jason announces in partnership with a smoothie company that I'm not even going to mention at this point, um, that uh, we were going to raise $10,000. Uh, they were going to match. Every time you bought a smoothie, they were going to make a matching contribution to the Jason Taylor Foundation. And we were going to take underserved kids to cool gear Dude. for the school year and give them $300 each to buy new clothes. Some kids who have never had clothes that didn't come from Goodwill. Or, you Jason know, or Taylor, who, who, right. who is bigger at this point? I mean, and now too, but like player of the year, yeah, yeah, and, not, and even know. off the field, like everything he was doing, like it was things. always just such good stuff. It was not like a, a detention grab. And Cam Cameron <laughs> sees it happening and goes up to Harvey, and Harvey would be pissed that I'm telling the story, but fuck it. He tell, goes up to Harvey and says that is one of the most selfish things I have ever seen an individual do on a football team. Selfish. It was, but wasn't it because he put the backdrop or something that didn't have the doll? It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was, it was wow. something. Pick your, hey, three words: pick your battles. Yeah, exactly. Well, how about three? <laughs> win a game. You know, like <laughs> how about those three words? That's a but good so, so pick. like that was one of them. And then he just decided he was going after all the. You know, and there's certain guys that come in, and Jeff, you cover it. That there's certain coaches that know they need the alphas, that yeah, they need right. guys that can go in and win, and they and and well, you have to recognize guys, the alpha to be able to do that. Well, right, that's exactly. And then there's guys who are scared of it. They're not be intimidated and, by the alphas, and yeah. and there are guys who don't want anyone to be bigger than them. And yeah. I think that they, Jason, I think they hide under the guise of nobody's bigger than the team. And I think that that's some bullshit because it's, nobody's bigger than them. That's exactly right. You know, Parcell, I, Parcells is an interesting one though because he was a pain in the ass with Jason with the Dancing with the Stars. He was a pain in the ass with Jason from day one, right? Yeah. But in some regard, I think that was trying to set a culture more so than it was. I also believe he has a massive ego. I'm not going there, 
You know, what? look at no. this. Look at this. No way. <laughs> but so you think it's the same? You think it's the same complex there? Um, I think it's a little different because Parcells at least yes, has done it. Yes, now that, that's my point. Exactly I, I, right. I, I, Belichick's so, doing so, it is, yeah. is different. Right. Well, and it's interesting to bring up Belichick because I think if you can, if you look at Parcells with Belichick and without Belichick, it's interesting to compare records. But Parcells is in the Hall of Fame and he's earned that sure. and those things. Um, I just think he got to a to a stage in his career where he basically was was selling his name. No, and, no, that's fair. Yeah. So, that's fair. so that's yeah, absolutely. But can you imagine that mentality that that Jason had to deal with then? I mean, Jason was doing things that now is considered completely mainstream. Now right. everybody's got a marketing guy for that purpose. Everybody's doing it. Yeah. yeah you're you call, exactly you right. want to do a story with somebody that like Jason? If I had to, if I was doing a story about Jason, I'd be calling you, not right. Harvey, and now. not Harvey. Right. Yeah. yeah, and and that's that's kind of the world that it is. But we were always respectful of the process. But see, Parcells, and I'll go back even further. Part of why now it's Parcells not for, was this good. is Seth's therapy yeah. Yeah. session. You know, now. And, and you're, you're exactly right, and I try and stay away of it. And, and look, I'm biased as hell. There's no question who signs my paychecks and who's one of my best friends. But I'll tell you a little story here, and you'll appreciate this. So when JT decides, well, actually, this is when he's coming back. I think because part after the Redskins, that was this is after the Redskins, and he decides that he's coming back to Miami. And uh, John Clayton is in communication with Gary Wishard, and that's what it goes down to. Parcells and Gary Wishard they hated clashed. each other. They well, fucking hated each other. Everything Gary was at, doing was against Parcells. Everything he believed in. But the funniest line Gary said, and I have to say it now. Gary, God rest Gary's soul. Oh, man, he, he, Gary would say, he goes, you know what the fucking problem with Parcells and Tony is? They're fucking Jersey guys. And Jersey guys want to be New York guys, and they can't be. <laughs> said, that was his line. Said, Fuck him. And he hung up the phone. I was like, wow. Wow, that's harsh. Yeah, it was pretty By the way, I'm from New Jersey. <laughs> I, I thought you loved it. No, you said that earlier. So I thought you, you, you like. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, you know, JT's coming back home after all the stuff that's happened. He goes to the Redskins and he's leaving $8 million on the table and he's going to take this million dollar deal and he's going to come back to Miami. And he calls John Clayton and John does, is going to write, run this big national story. And he talks to, he gets a quote from JT and they post it. And Harvey calls me chewing my ass. I'm like, Harvey, what the fuck are you chewing my ass for? This is a positive national story about your franchise. Like, yeah. who gives a shit about your franchise right now? This is a positive. Forget that it's JT. Like, John Clayton is saying this great stuff. This is a positive national story, and you're chewing my. It's a different culture here. Coach Parcells. You just got ripped. And yeah. I'm like, well, wait a second. Right. Like, what? What was leaked here? He's signing with your team. Well, this is not the way you do it. Blah 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 blah. And they say all these things. So then the next day. There's a story about that Armando Salguero posts that JT <laughs> has was sat down and told this, that, and the other, and he's not going to be bigger than the team. And this is what Parcell said to him, and this is what Tony and that like like JT was sat down like a child and lectured when he got in. And I call Harvey. I go, Harvey, I have nothing but respect for you. You gave me my start in this business. Yeah. I said. But fucking don't ever call me and tell me what those guys are saying because they're going to bitch about a positive story that John Clayton wrote, a national yeah. fucking guy who breaks news that John Clayton wrote a story that somebody's signing with your team and wrote how positive it was. And the next day, you've got an insider's <laughs> take. On, I said, I, well, I don't know how he got that. I go, I know exactly how he got it. So, I go, because so, fucking Parcells talks to one guy in this entire market, and it's Armando, and everybody in the media knows it. He won't talk to anybody. He won't do anything public, but everybody knows he talks to Armando. And fucking Armando calls me, and he goes, you fucked me. I go, what do you mean? He goes, hey, did you tell everybody? Parcells didn't talk to him for six months. He said he shot him six down. Six-month probation? <laughs> yeah. That's right. You know, what, you know what Parcells used to call Harvey? Five alarm? Because every time he'd show up, there was a five-alarm fire. <laughs> well, 
was like, that's fucked up. Don't sit here and tell yeah. me what I can do. And right. then you're going to do the same damn thing. So uh, anyway, that's my little therapy that's session. That's your therapy session. Oh, I understand, it. man. <laughs> well, look. So, two, so let's tighten up that Cam Cameron real quick. Yeah. Yeah. We got to – the one moment they did win the game. Yeah, Greg, Greg Cameron. Cameron. That yeah. one moment. That How one sad moment. is that? It was <laughs> like Cam Cameron era. The time he won a game. <laughs> but there are truly are moments that I remember, like, in my career, like – uh, actual plays, the Wildcat game in New England. Mm-hmm. Specifically remember that vividly as one of my favorite football memories. Oh, man, everybody's. Um, I mean, what else do we have, pretty much? Yeah, the other, that was awesome. The other that I was, that I'm thinking about things that I was at, and that's the funny thing is in terms of excitement and adrenaline, uh, the David Tyree catch. I, that's, that's how yeah. crazy that Camarillo play was. I'm, I'm putting yeah. it up there uh, with these plays. What was the other? Oh, uh, Tim Tebow, uh, Demarius Thomas, crossed the middle in overtime to beat the Steelers. Pittsburgh, yeah. And that play, I, those are the the ones that I can remember that cr- caused people in the press box to like come out of their seats and be like, "What just happened?" Yeah. You know, and everybody yeah. just went insane. Greg Camarillo, who one of my favorite Dolphins of all time. Speaking of great yeah. guy, yeah. great guy, great guy, yeah. And really he liked he guy. liked me, so I was fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> good guy too. I love Greg, Greg was a nice dude. <laughs> Greg, yeah. Greg didn't like you. You had a problem. Yeah, right. What would you have done for yeah. Greg Camarillo not to like he was, you? He was, well, yeah, he's a he's a great dude and a good yeah. player, man, too. Yeah. And he, he was, was solid. A, a superstar yeah. for that week yeah. afterwards. Oh, Loved it. Go yeah. to any Publix or win. It Dixie still is. It was still. I've t- I talked to him years later in San Diego, and uh, it was still like that. People, Dolphins fans still come up to him. How could you yeah. forget it? Talk about that. The yeah. sad part is, is that the fact that you compared that to a Super Bowl game winning catch. David Tyree. I'm talking specifically for, for me. Him. Understood. That I was yeah. there. No, but that I, I the mean, the energy had built so much. Like the tension had built so much that that was the that was the release. That was the air out of the building. Oh, you know. Man. Was, I got kicked out of parking lot after that game. We stayed so that's long the game? partying. Little, little rowdy? Yeah, I mean, we waited so long for a win that year. You know, and we stayed and we just partied like we now, won did a you, Super Bowl. Did you hang with that that whole crew, like uh, Mad Dog and, and Cephalo and those guys? No, no, no. That, was, that wasn't my – yeah, I was, I was Bob, still, you know, I was still a Super fan at yeah, that okay. point. I had season tickets. You know, I had the really? tickets 40 in the end zone. 40 people sitting in the end zone first, with yeah, them first, in the OJ section. section. Really? Yeah, first row and second row. We had all our – all was that the foundation or something? Or no, just a... no, our friends just we all bought tickets. You know? Really? So I was sitting in the first row. I remember that game like it was. Yeah, yeah. You were a super fan? Oh, for man. years, man. Still, still I had a super no idea. Fan. That's because yep. you were too busy checking your MySpace accounts. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> oh man, I was trying. I, I was trying to roll like Juice did. <laughs> yeah. I remember well, seeing Juice at Blue Martini a couple times. Oh, I was like, man. here we go. That's yeah. what's up. I had some. Yeah, I had some good times. Well, he needs to go listen to the Wale episode. Oh yeah, yeah, about the, at the house. I don't. We we talk about the ball up at OJ's house all the time the basketball games would have you in Wallake he said he'd come to the games but not for the basketball Jeez. that it was the, for, the for the legendary afterwards. pool, pool parties really? afterwards I mean I didn't I didn't cover you when was your last year uh oh one oh one okay. yeah. yeah officially oh one I years. didn't play I played like 99 and a little 2000 that was it though. yeah but, but hey yeah. don't say hey, you you still get that you get that accredited season yeah, man. yeah. don't, don't <laughs> cheat yourself it. from that still you earned that damn season <laughs> yeah that was a wild uh, but what I was saying was and I understand you were making that comparison but you any player that's here people talk it, it felt like they won the damn Super Bowl yeah. which is it, it's a sad indictment on what that season was but it also was that euphoria but that's what's funny like the Miami Miracle was cool that was an incredible Incredible play and got a lot of attention, but I still don't think it was nearly as impactful on no. it, it, the buildup. The tension wasn't there. Like it was, it was a bummer of a season, right. but it wasn't to the point where it was like 
how well, sixteen was a likely was a possibility. That's right, yeah. and that was before the Lions had done it, so yeah. they would have been the first team, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, and yep. the, I mean, this was what 12, 13 games in a season. I don't even remember. Thirteen, yeah. Yeah. thirteen. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, <laughs> and they damn near lost that one, right? Because uh, sure uh, Billick decides not yeah. to go for it. That's right, and they kicked the field goal. So it, that's right. So it, it went two thousand five. Trying to think, I got down here. Two thousand five was Saban. Two years of that. Cam Cameron, uh, Sperano, and then Philbin. Correct. And then, gosh, yeah. What but were you here for Philbin? Because 2011 was your last year, and that was JT's yeah, was, last year. I was here uh, for the first Philbin season, right? I think I was here for the first Philbin season. Then I got the hell maybe out. in the off season, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then went to NFL because that that was the year that Tebow. I, I was in Denver the whole time covering Tebow. I bet you were that gate. You put that gator yeah, shirt yeah, on. Another, give me another, <laughs> another swaggy little quarterback. <laughs> Did you think he was going to do it? That he was going to overcome all? The- I love that story, man. I love that story, and I wasn't tight with Tebow because we weren't at Florida at the same time. But the PR guy in Denver, Pat Smythe, we we were at Florida Pat's at the same good time. People, you man. know, Pat. Yeah, great. People. Yeah, he was on the. Um, he was a sports information director. He was like an intern under Steve McLean when I was on the school. I didn't paper. realize that he came from Florida. Yeah, so me and him have known each other in the same capacity for twenty years now. And that year, he kind of introduced me to Tebow and would get me like time with Tebow all the time and uh it was just fascinating I loved it I loved that he I love any time that like someone takes the sports world and turns it on top of its head yeah. like I loved it from the peripheral like I, I yeah an up close view but I loved watching the reactions of everybody and how sure. the conversations that it created it was all it's that's the most fun thing in, to me in sports people hated it so much but I loved it. I loved that people hated it so much. <laughs> that was good. That was I did too. But that was the gate, you know, the Gator and me. I had everybody coming at me, and yeah. and they loved to root against. Me. I didn't even. I wasn't even rooting for him or against him. I just loved watching it. Yeah. I loved watching that this this conversation. That it didn't matter if I was talking to my grandmother or the Arden sports fan. Everybody wanted to talk about Tebow. I had Xfinity came to my house recently, and the guy was a huge Dolph fan. But he was a huge Tim Tebow fan. He yeah. wanted an autograph for his dolphin wall, but he had a Tebow. He was probably at that day he had when a they had Tebow the, shrine, he said as well. UF you know day? I mean? Yeah. Remember that? that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about that, right? Because I was going to say, <laughs> so your final show. season was 2011, right? I was covering that for the NFL Network. You were? Okay. So, yeah, so 2011, that was JT's final season. I would say there's two things that stand out to me from that season. And one is that it was JT's 15th and final year. And so, obviously, that journey and, and what have you. But the other was that game. And that the Dolphins decide yeah. to do a Florida Gator Day. That was Mike D, right? It was. Uh, I, I want to put him on blast here, and he's not going to be happy with me because he's a friend of the show. But I think it was a combination of Mike D yeah, and Nat, Nat Moore. Moore. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I think I think Nat's vision was that there are that I love Nat, you, you know that's <laughs> an all timer. But and I think there was going to be the Florida State game, and there was going to be the UM game. I think they had that in the plans, and it just worked out that the first one was going to be the Florida game. Yeah, that was the first and the last. Yeah, yeah. that was a that was a bad decision. That was a bad decision. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, that was yeah. that was that was up there with the orange carpet. Don't tell Nat that was <laughs> that was up there with the orange carpet. Yeah, but the orange carpet never impacted or made you feel like it impacted what was happening on the field. No, yeah, that's that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, that was it was sad in that stadium, man. It was Tebow, man. Man, oh man. Well, so man. there Tebow were mania was crazy in there. I mean, the University of Florida. When I was in school, there were whatever thirty five, forty thousand students, and I think like sixty percent were from South, were from the state, and forty percent were from South Florida. So you can imagine you, you're going to celebrate Florida. There's a ton of Dolphins fans who are also Gator fans. Yeah. Um, which is probably not making our Five Rings uh, folks here happy either. <laughs> but it was but more about Tebow. It, well, it became about that because he was became God of Gainesville. 
Yeah. Right? You know, I mean, I remember going that up to. unbelievable when I think about that. Oh, game. That, he had a, I mean, he came in and won. And won Do you remember the noise? Well, that was remember the, the crowd, yeah. the weirdness? Yeah. Oh, like, God. it the was whole like. thing was weird. And he was god awful. Yeah. I mean, and, and it, was, game, yeah. it was a classic, like, 15 nothing game. It was what that entire season was for him. And then that shit just started to happen. And that I, was the beginning. That was the first one. That was the first like. That's t- what Tebow set up miracle. the whole. That's exactly right. I'll tell you, man. You talk about my my whole thesis on that whole Tebow thing was like I'm not them six times. I, I don't care who you believe in or what you believe in in terms of religion. You know, live and let live. But if you believe in something as strongly as he did in something, it's amazing the power that that can have. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I like. Have you heard of the impossible sit-up? You got to see that We'll have to play back the Mike Pouncey Pouncey story. But the Pouncey brothers, I guess there's something called the the impossible sit-up. Was Pouncey on here? Uh, We had both Both of them. Both of them together. Yeah, so you'll have to go back and listen to that. (laughs) But they they said the same thing you did, that that that, that was just him, that there was was nothing fake about it, that that's what he believed, there was nothing he couldn't do. So strongly. And so the impossible sit-up was a gag that I guess was a military thing, but you would hype a guy up thinking that he couldn't do this sit-up, and they'd blindfold him, and then somebody would put their ass in his face and make them do the sit-up. And so they hyped him up for an entire week. For an entire week, they hyped up Tim. And he said, you don't tell Tim Tebow anything's impossible because nothing is. He's Tim Tebow. Right. And he was like, oh, oh, and he gathered all these people around, and they set him up, and it, and it didn't go over real well with Tim. <laughs> no, they, not at all. <laughs> and it was Marquise who uh, – <laughs> Yeah, he had some – he got really close with Mark. Tebow did kind of get a little a little antsy about things like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they said he, he laughs about it now, but at the moment, everybody had to put the, the cell phones away, and, and they shut it down. They went into PR mode sure real did. quick. Really? But sure it was did. revealed here on the fish That's tank. That's amazing. The impossible That's a great up. story. I got yeah. some good... Uh, I can't tell this. <laughs> That'll just, be hard I to be in part two. I won't say the name, but there was one time in, in a Broncos practice. I won't say who it was, but there was a Broncos practice where Tebow was th- through this pass, and it was it was that year. It was just a duck. I mean, it was just like end over end, like you know, like hit the <laughs> hit the practice facility. It was as bad as you could imagine. And this coach turns to him and just goes, "Hey, Tim!" From the whole team. Are you sure you're not right-handed? <laughs> oh, 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 wow. Damn. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Another, time, another time that year, uh, John Fox awesome. is walking over toward where all the reporters are, and Tebow's doing reps afterward, and, and uh, he throws this one pass that literally, very literally goes end over end, and uh, Caldwell, uh, the, Andre Caldwell was, was on the team, and he, he catches the pass, but it was like, like I mean, end over end Catching ball. a kickoff. Yeah, and uh, and Fox turns to the media and sees that we all see it, and we're kind of like having this awkward moment. Like it's after practice. There's no reason anybody has to comment, but Fox just breaks the uh, awkwardness. He goes, "Son of a bitch, caught it!" <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's great. Oh, that's God. great. Well, Jeff, before we let you get out of Tebow here, man, man, you know, we talked a little bit about everything. Uh, did I get in trouble? I don't know. No, I, I think you did. You I did think great, so. Man. You did pretty good. But before we let you Next get out of here, in. let's yeah. uh, a little bit about the, the current team and Coach Flores and yeah. you know what you see with with the guys now and the, yeah. the new coaching staff and everything. Look, I think that it's great that they're just flying under the radar. Like, I, I, I think that that's, that's exactly the kind of culture that Flores wants to set early on. And, and uh, you know, you talk about people coaches who try to set cultures that actually is not about the team but about not being bigger than the coach sure we're talking about that ego brian flores does not have that i know two people up in new england who know him very well and uh one of the guys who's worked with him forever and i remember when it was going down that flores might get the job this one guy called me he's like man like nobody's heard of brian flores but i swear this 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 is an unbelievable man 
Like he is an unbelievable person. Nice to hear. What that means, how that translates, I don't know. Obviously, I don't know. I'm terrible at assessing these kinds of things. But but with Josh Rosen here, yeah. Josh <laughs> Rosen, he just seems like I, I appreciate what they're doing from the salary cap perspective. I know everybody talks about tanking. Look, I don't think you can call it tanking, but it's being responsible about your salary cap. I don't think that the team cares. They would probably like to have the first overall pick, but they're not going to deliberately do so. And I don't think they did things this year with the intention of trying to get the first overall pick. I think they did things to try to be responsible and get the salary cap in the right place. And as a result of that, it's probably going to lead to some some tough times this season. But but that's just being responsible. At some point, you've got to do that. Right. You can't do cash over cap every year, as the Dolphins have done the past several years, and expect to get there. So I like the responsibility they're taking. They're being grown men and uh, and holding each other accountable. I, you know where it goes. I don't know, but you got some grown men in that building right now. And who would those who would those folks be? I mean, are there well, people- Flores, but I think Greer. I think Flores is that from, guy from uh, overall side. in general, and yeah. and Greer is an interesting one for me because he's been here for 15 years, and I'm like he keeps getting you know held over and promoted, and I'm like I mean he's kind of got to face the music a little bit here too in terms of, and now this is his shot, it's his rodeo, you know. There's nobody that can take the blame other than him at this point when it comes to personnel. He's got that power, and we'll see what he does with it. And again, I mean, we can talk about whether we like somebody. I really enjoy Chris Greer, right. and everybody who works with him loves Chris Greer. He's Adam a great, him. great Everybody person. thinks he's just yeah. a great man. Yeah. So if that translates, there are great men in that building. If that translates to the field, uh, I think that the future is at least bright. But as I know in South Florida, that's those. You know, it's it's show me time. It didn't tell right. me time. Exactly right. No question. Well, we remember a time where there were games that were won, and that hope was. Uh, I mean, you know, didn't get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. But, but at least yeah. it was a competitive oh, five team was every year. Good. Yeah, yeah. Greatest were... defensive performance I've ever seen in my life in two thousand five. Even yeah. even more so than JJ Watt, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm serious. J, yeah. I'm, I'm, Jason Taylor, Joey yeah. Porter, and JJ Watt, in my opinion, have had in the past since what tw- fifteen years three most dominant NFL seasons of any defensive players. Yeah. And two yeah. of them happened in Miami. How about that? Pretty Jason Taylor that year in 2005, I've never seen a defensive player have more of an impact on the football field to this day than that. Yeah, he was unbelievable. He, he, he was unbelievable. I did not pay Jeff to say this. Yeah, <laughs> no, his did, professional you opinion. A, you did give me a nice leather bag. Yeah. <laughs> when we Jason Taylor that. left, you gave us all leather bags. and You're and, blowing our secret here. Yeah, but I had this moral dilemma because you're not supposed to accept gifts. Yeah. I, n- w- now I'm like a shell. <laughs> we didn't get a whole lot of them turned back. We did a few people turned them back, but we didn't get a whole lot of them turned back. I think I said I did. I put it in my closet for like a year. Yeah. And then I There's a statute of limitations on that stuff. So we did. So what Jeff's referring to is that JT. What was the brand? It was a nice leather. It was bag. Kenneth Cole. Kenneth Cole. It yeah. was Kenneth Cole. So you know, he he put a. Uh, we did, I think, the billboard thing. Actually, took a full page ad out, both in in the Herald and the Sentinel, and and thanked the fans. And um, he wrote personal letters to to each of the members of the media that covered Seth, him. And, Seth, and, um, Seth wrote personal. Did I say he or we? Uh, so there were letters that were that were signed by Jason that were sent to each member of the media. And uh, I had to let him know who some of those folks were. Um, but no, no. Yeah. All kidding aside, yeah, he, he wanted to thank all the guys who covered yeah. him, and you know whether it was he felt it was fair, unfair, what have you, and and good, bad, or indifferent. Um, and a couple guys did call to turn back, and it was interesting to see who had to turn back the the bags and yeah. who didn't. It was so, a conversation. Right. I remember that. 
stuff, <laughs> I know people were surprised. There were a couple of times we love to surprise you guys. What goes on at a bangy dangy gentleman? <laughs> That's it, man. That's man, it. life is different now. That is I great, man. Two kids two living kids, in a yeah. little, you know, friggin' neighborhood and just thinking about that bangy dangy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad. That's part of what we do here in the tank is relive yeah. the old days and tell the great stories. Yeah, thanks a lot. But we <laughs> Sorry we ruined the rest of your day or maybe your week. But no, I'm sure you wouldn't have it any other way. Yep. And uh, we, we appreciate you taking time to come here. No, man, this is uh, great. I love yeah, what you guys yeah. are doing. It's awesome yeah. that uh, I think it's just great that, you know, because it is a community down here and misery loves company at times. <laughs> we all have been through it and we all kind of, you know. I think see it in a little different lens than uh, maybe people outside the community. Yeah, we try and talk about some of the fun stuff, too. Although it's funny. so to, And actually, you say that. I saw a tweet recently, and somebody said, you know, I love the fish tank, but it, it, it's just a combination of being, you know, um, loving the show but also being outraged. And he said, I love the show because of the candor and the incredible stories. And you hear things that you would never hear, and the guys are crazy, and it's funny. But as a fan, I feel like some of these things got in the way of winning. And and so the response, <laughs> yeah. but the response was, you know, there's teams that win Super Bowls that have crazier stories oh, than this. Oh, Cowboys, yeah. go back to yeah. some of those yeah. so, Cowboy so teams. And... I, I, and it was me, and I responded on it. I was like, but what got in the way of winning was people were better at coaching, playing, and building. Yeah, teams. but but and that's what it comes. One hundred percent. And right. Dolphins fans right. should not feel like it's just crazy. I mean, I, I remember who was the the, oh, the Seahawks. Right. Right. The, the two guys, Percy Harvin and Doug Baldwin. It wasn't Doug Baldwin or was it Golden Tate? Got into a fight the night before the Super Bowl. Yeah. And they won the next day. <laughs> right. right. So, you know. Yeah. I'm sure that wasn't the first up. Just yeah. uh, Percy yeah. Harvin yeah. probably got in a few fights. Yeah. To, yeah. And I think he and the quarterback didn't get along real well yeah, either. Yeah, it's easy to blame. Uh, my point there, though, is it's easy to blame things retroactively. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah, absolutely. When, when there's not happens. the success. Yeah, there's, trust me. One day, Miami Dolphins. One yeah. Day. The Dolphins did not win. The, the reason they didn't win games had nothing to do with Channing and Jeff losing on the golf course. <laughs> That's that right. Sure that was the offseason. <laughs> there it is. Why was he playing at the time? He was playing right, right away, I thought. No, I just I, – that was – Oh, you're years, saying, like, was that during the season? Yeah. yeah hey, if it's a Tuesday, man, that's your day. It was off-season. Right. No, it was right. definitely off-season. We okay. wouldn't have done that in the regular season. <laughs> Even, I couldn't do that in the regular season either. <laughs> I don't do that anymore at all. Man, this sucks. <laughs> so being that we've completely ruined everything you know, Channing was Jeff? in my wedding? Last no. story. Channing was uh, – um, he, he read – Wait, and, he presented in your wedding? He came up to me afterwards and was like uh, – first he, like – he tells the story a little over dramatic, but he like stepped on my wife's dress as he was trying to walk around the back to go to go to this reading. Did he really? And he get up and he's like, "Yeah, we did lyrics. We didn't do like Bibles." And he did a, he, lyrics. He goes, "Oh, I got some lyrics from a man, Billy Joel." Oh, jeez. And he does the reading, and after I'm like, "My man, Billy Joel. You know Billy Joel?" He's like, "Man, I never heard of him. He's Billy Joel." <laughs> yeah. So, who, did you give him? The, did you pull the passage, or did he? Uh, did you allow yeah, yeah, yeah. Him to no, 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 no. I gave okay. him like some lyrics to read. Right. It was like he yeah. would have come in with that passage. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, he used, funny, to, he used to get, he used to give me some uh, you know some lessons on music and stuff like that. I, I'm sure that he did. One time I'm we sure. were out in the ever I'm, we'll keep we'll stop. No, I'll keep we're going. We were in the Everglades one time. We were doing the story together and we're fishing together and there's literally alligators circling the boat. And uh, I swear to God, he reaches in the water and grabs one by the tail. And Dude, he pull, crazy as he, pull, he pulls this like little three foot gator out of the water and he's like, ah! <laughs> and I'm like, man, what happens if like one of these gators, like what happens if the boat goes down? He goes, I'm just glad I can swim faster than you. <laughs> That's so funny. He's insane. Yeah, mind. those little ones are cute, but they got a mama somewhere in there. Yeah, I love that guy. Well, again, man, really appreciate you being a part of it. Hope that we can get you back here and we look forward yeah. to seeing all the great stuff that you're going to push you out this Thank season. You. Thank hey, you. Thanks for diving in, Jeff. Cool. You're now diving into the fish tank.
down with Seth living. Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans. Number one, one, of course, y'all. This ain't no ordinary sports talk. Dive up in that fish tank. Go get your aqua orange. Yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank. It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank. Rockin' with OJ and Seth when we dive up in that fish tank. Uh, uh-uh. fans with attitude, okay. we got to dive this up for in them that fish tank. Celebrate big or cry hard. Leave it all on the field, we gon' try hard. Old school, a new school, mix it in. Feeling like we up close when we listening. Dolphins tales, in Miami is the deep end. We vibing with our favorite players, no secret. We get with Seth and McDuffie. Bringing up stories we never heard to the public. Bet we love it, Dolphins fans never budget. We loyal to the team, whether happy or we upset. We be like, what's next? Don't switch the subject, you know it's all about them fans. And if you ready for that water, time to dive in. Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about them fans And if you down with Dolphins Nation, time to dive in Don't switch the subject, you know it's all about them fans You looking at that fish tank, it's time to dive, dive in, in that fish tank. Go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank Rapping with OJ and Seth when you dive up in that fish tank Don't ever add a tool, you better never be in the